For over 20 years, Dr. James Maxwell and his team at Crestwood Dental have been providing quality care to patients of all ages. They offer a variety of services from cleanings to cosmetic dentistry and restorations with today's most advanced technology, including the most up-to-date lasers, digital x-rays, and impressions. They offer Invisalign and custom aligners with their 3D printer. Crestwood Dental accepts most insurance plans and a membership program for uninsured patients. Schedule today at 314-463-5655 or Crestwood dental.com this is the last minute blues podcast with jeff burton donnie fandango and former blues defenseman jamie rivers powered by together credit union empowering you to achieve your financial goals it is the last minute blues podcast donnie fandango jamie rivers jeff burton you know what i'd like to say to you fellas happy new year happy new year donnie hey, well, guys. it's great to see us and, and to have us all on the same spot again after a couple weeks this is nice i saw uh jamie down the hall uh and i asked him this question so i'm gonna ask you are you currently wearing anything you got for christmas no you are not no no, no 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 it's like the first day back to school you gotta wear what you got for christmas yeah well no 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 i take that back i did i got a buffalo bills uh stocking cap the new sideline one and i wore that into work today to say second place Oh, no. Dude, I will not do this podcast. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. I will walk out of this room. <laughs> Donnie, I'm hey, just... Hey, hey, Jeff, let me ask you a question real quick. <laughs> let me ask you a question real quick. If the NFL season ended today, yeah. who would win the AFC East? You're asking me? Uh, the Devils. The Buffalo Bills. Oh, the, what? The, the Buffalo not the Bills. New England Patriots. But oh, does it end oh. today? No, it doesn't. Okay, I'm just wondering. I, listen, I don't care where they finish, second, third, whatever. It doesn't matter. You know, it's all good. I love you no why, matter what. Why would he do this? Uh, Jeff, why does he got to start there? You're wearing yes, today? I did. My shoes. Oh, I like those shoes. My look at boots. those. Yeah, those they look nice. fancy. Oh, man, he's always got good shoes. Donnie, Same those man. look expensive. They do look they expensive. Because they, they, they look like they got a little fashion in them out, yeah, outside of a multi-purpose outside use. Outside the box for Jeff. Yes. <laughs> what? I'm giving you a compliment. I love Thank your you. shoes. Thank you. Well, what are, about you? No you got more medium shirts? Uh, oh, boy. Well, uh, when you're this jacked, Donnie. Uh, no, I got that jacket for the normal brand. Ooh, I like oh, that. Nice. It squeezes me in brand. all the right places, Donnie. <laughs> it's soft and comfortable. I, it looks really nice, man. That's yeah, great. really yeah. nice. You know what else? Guys, have you ever been to that... I went to the store on the weekend. Uh, you ever been to that Lush store at West County Mall? It gives me a headache. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Well, let me tell you this. Have you ever bought that kind of soap? No. Where, you know, it's like it looks like a block where they, like cheese, right. where they slice sure. it, and it's like colors. and scent. I I can't live a normal life now without it. I went there this weekend, and I bought this soap, and I'm telling you, Jeff, smell. Smell. That's just soap. No cologne. He smells like a dream. It's incredible. <laughs> it really like, does. Like, I want to have sex with me. <laughs> well, there's one. I mean, that's at least one. I got that going for me. Dude, I, well, because... You, you can't pass it up. I went in there to buy bath bombs for my daughter. Uh, daughters, plural. And set it up. They come to my house on Wednesday night. They're going to, you know, hey, here's your tub and bath bombs. Surprise! They love that stuff. And they're huge bath yeah. bombs. And I'm in there. I'm smelling this soap. And I'm like, oh, my God. And so I tried it. I'll take a little sliver home. Took it home. I'm like, I can't get enough. I want to shower like four times a day now. <laughs> Please do. Dude, know. that's awesome. Actually, we were just there uh, a, a couple of weeks ago because I had to get, I was getting some stuff for Mary and, and for my Ava. And uh, this is going to take this in a different conversation. But we ate at the California Pizza Kitchen right oh, next right door. Oh, yeah. Dude, I had not eaten at CPK in a while. Mm-hmm. Holy smokes. That's a hell of a good pizza. Yeah, it's, that is a really, it's good really stuff, good pizza, man. Yeah. I mean, it was, it, dude, service was outstanding too, man. It was, it, it was all right. When I lived at the resident, 
residence in in Brentwood. Well, I forget what year it was. My rookie year, I think it was like 94 or 95. Anyways, a Galleria right across the street yeah. and California Pizza Kitchen was right there. And I used to order from there all the time and go pick it up and, and bring it back. Man, it was so good. I loved it. They used to have this like grilled chicken sandwich that they put together. I think they dropped it, you know, a while back. But I hadn't been, to your point, I hadn't been in forever. Yeah. And it was uh, maybe about five months ago. I said, yeah, let's try this. It went in. And I was like, man, I forgot how good this is. And I was kind of being crabby about it. I wanted to go somewhere else, but but Mary and the kids were in the mood for pizza. And so I was a little, and then right. the pizza came, and I was like, well, I need to not be such a crab ass. Because <laughs> <laughs> this is awesome. You really, literally were eating your words, right? Yeah, yeah absolutely. We had, we had a show lunch yesterday uh, with the Risho guys, oh, and we went to Ragger. Katie's Pizza. For the Where? first time in uh, Katie's Pizza? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or is yeah. it Kate's, Katie's Pizza? Katie's Pizza. At like 141 in Clayton? Yeah, it's supposed Town to be incredible. I've never it's, been there. It's, Ooh. I didn't even get pizza. I got uh, like some pasta thing with cauliflower in it. It was ridiculous. Man, I just. And service, that's what made me think of it, was phenomenal. I, I'm kind of like, there's, in my, almost in my view, there's not, I mean, I know there's bad pizza, but I like pizza so much, I'm I'm not really picky, but I appreciate really good pizza. That's yeah. probably my favorite food, like bar none. I just could eat yeah, it every day. Here, I discovered probably. a little place, um, compliments my girlfriend, well, it's called Max's in O'Fallon, Missouri, uh-huh. and uh, never heard of it. Ordered the buffalo chicken pizza. One, when I eat pizza, it's like pizza, pepperoni, sausage, bacon. You're meeting it up. Yeah. Yeah. This was the first time I kind of stepped outside the box. I'm like, okay, I'll try this buffalo chicken pizza. You know, she's raving about it. And so it's like the the head, like homemade crust, you know, where you can, and it goes into like a fire oven, like the brick oh, like, oven. A hand, like a hand tossed? Yeah. Okay. Like, not like the generic where they make any, oh, here's your pizza. Right. Uh, it's like, you know, it's got, it's round, but it's, yeah. it's got some, and the crust, oh my God, my life has changed forever. And you get a little side of ranch on the side of it, take your pizza and just kind of dip it in and eat the pizza. My life has changed forever. Who who had the really good buffalo chicken? It was either Emo's or Lena's, which is the same company, but one of those two had a buffalo chicken that was so good. I'll, I'll eat it from both of those places, yeah. man. Lena's is delicious. <laughs> Emo's, sure. I mean, you know what I mean? You can't mm-hmm. go you can't go wrong in either way. Yeah. Man, I'm hungry, boys. I'm hungry. I know. I was like, <laughs> just thinking the same. I'm like, man, when, when's lunch? Let me ask you a question, guys. Sure. Uh, there's really no wrong answer to this question, but I just want to kind of get things started one. on, a, on mm-hmm. a hockey side of things. Do we think there is a chance... That Jordan Cairo is actually the sweet baby Jesus in a blues jersey. Do we I think there's a possibility? Until somebody convinces me otherwise, <laughs> yes. Holy cow. Wow. What I have noticed from Jordan Cairo this year is just how dynamic he is. He's honestly, he's a human highlight reel. And I've said this all season long, and you guys have heard me. He's one step away from a breakaway all the time. All the time. Yeah. And so now, though, the opposition is so leery of it, they almost cheat back. And now they're giving him more time and space. And look what happened uh, against Minnesota at the Winter Classic. You give that guy time and space, he put up four points. Thank you, sir. May I have another? <laughs> one of the announcers, either during the game or on the NHL Network, actually said, "Hey, guys, you want to put a man on this guy? That'd be great." Because, like you said, somebody they were backing who can skate up. with him. Well, I'm, what I'm saying is, you said they were backing up. Oh yeah. Now you're giving them even more space. The announcers even noticed it. I'm going to say something, and I know I'll probably get absolutely tortured for it, but when I'm watching the NHL these days, there is a handful of players that I feel like I need to watch. 
Connor McDavid is one of them. Austin Matthews, Nathan McKinnon, and Jordan Cairo. I'm going to put him in that category. We'll put Leon Dreisaitl as well because he's a phenomenal talent. But when I'm thinking to myself of sheer entertainment plus production, Jordan Cairo's right there, guys. Yeah. Think about it. He's He reminds me very much of a cross between McDavid and McKinnon. And what I mean by that is his hands are very quick because he's the right-handed shot, very much resembles Nathan McKinnon the way he handles a puck. But then his one, two, three strides remind me of Connor McDavid. Now, not as as fast as Connor McDavid. Connor McDavid's on another planet. But when you watch Jordan Cairo, when I watch him play, I'm like, I got to sit up in my seat. I'm like scooching to the front of my seat going, what's he going to do now? Yeah, And uh, maybe to your point, a guy who didn't play professionally, I find myself watching him when he doesn't have the puck. And if that's what you meant, what I'm saying is, is a guy who didn't play professionally, who's learning more about hockey with this show, I know enough to where I'm like, I'm watching Kyrie when he doesn't have the puck. Wow, look at him find that space. Look at him get ready for a shot. It's amazing. Okay, so then let me ask you guys this then. So with Kyrie, Jamie, what are you seeing with his play away from the puck on the defensive side of things? You know, I mean, is this kid, is this a complete game situation and not just this offensive weapon? Well, I don't think he's ready for a Selkie trophy just yet, which for our (laughs) listeners who don't know is the defensive forward of the, of the year with the NHL. Um, You know, Ryan O'Reilly is a guy who year after year, Patrice Bergeron year after year, those are the guys. But when I look at, or when I see Jordan Cairo play now, I'm seeing a guy who gets it. And what I mean by that is he's getting back to the dangerous areas on the defensive side. He's causing turnovers, and he's realizing that we said this a long time ago. He's realizing that the harder you play defensively, the quicker you get the puck back, and now you get to go have fun. And Craig Berube, you know, that's the one thing that he stressed big time with Jordan Cairo and Robert Thomas, for that matter, is the harder you play defensively, the quicker you get the puck back, and now you can go be creative. Now go have your fun. Go play keep away for 35 seconds. Go put it in the top shelf, whatever. But you got to play hard defensively, and that's what I'm noticing, is that on the back check, with those three guys right now, uh, Tarasenko, Thomas, and Kairou, they're back checking so hard and so fast that the other team has no time and space, and they're regaining possession of the puck, and then they're headed, boom, on the offensive side. They're a damn nightmare out there to deal with. Which begs the question, when somebody is coming back... Do you keep those guys together, or do you go back to that Russian line? No, you got to keep these guys That's together. what I thought. Okay. Yeah, it doesn't yeah. matter who comes back. The Russian line was fantastic. Don't get me wrong. And, and they, they did a great job. But this line is putting up historical numbers. Like, the, the amount of offense that they're producing is like some of the most offense this team has seen in a decade or two. And... Jordan Kyra is on pace for, what, 80 or 81 points in 72 games, which would put him ahead of guys like Pavel Dimitra and, and so on. And so, go look at the Blues history for, for players that get a point a game or higher, and he's right there in the mix. And Robert Thomas, the dish and magician, he's back to doing what he does, and Vladimir Tarasenko is re-energized. So two things I've noticed with Vladdy is, one, when he played with the Russians, he was very energized because it's his homies, right? This is my guys. My Russian guys were all together. Then you move him over to this line, and we're kind of concerned. I think everybody was kind of like, ooh, I wonder if he'll continue to play this way. I wonder if the magic will be there. Well, the magic is there, and the reason it's there, he's playing with two young guys that are full of you-know-what. P and V. P and V out there. And so 
P and V, Jeff. Peanut butter and Valentine's oh, Day. Oh, 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 oh. I was more personal with that. I didn't Sorry. know how no, no, I was no, going to no, break no, it no, down. No. Goodness gracious, Jeff. I thought Stay, it was a vinaigrette thing. Yeah, I kind know. of. Stay with us here. But by playing with younger guys, it re-energizes you because their enthusiasm is infectious. And so you got guys like Robert Thomas and Jordan Kyra that are just go, 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 go. Vladimir Tarasenko has to go, 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 or he can't keep up, right? <laughs> right? So they're like dragging him along, and actually Vladimir Tarasenko at times is pushing the pace, and you watch him, he's becoming the the net front guy, the, the drive to the net guy, the distraction, so to say, but he's realizing that he's going to get the ancillary points, he'll get the assists here and there, he'll get a great pass for a one-timer and, and score goals. This is a dangerous line. I wouldn't touch a darn thing. All right, so I I'm, I don't want to play devil's advocate. I don't want to uh, I don't want to speak up for the Minnesota Wild or anything like that. But I believe that that game on Saturday was their first game in twelve days. They were missing three key players, and they were playing outside where it was a negative eight. Jamie, in all fairness, you know what I mean. And, and if I'm giving them too much credit, tell me. But that, man, is not an easy way to get back into NHL action. No, it's not. But you know what? So many people, when the Blues were down half a roster and had to play a guy short, said, well, too bad. This is what you deal with. Don't cry. Don't give me all these excuses, sure, right? right? Yeah. And what did the Blues do? They kept pace. They had guys that were in the lineup that probably wouldn't have played otherwise. They brought up guys from everywhere. The goalie, Charlie Lindgren, became a household name because they had no other option, Right. right. So I'm sorry. Yeah, they had 12 days off and they're missing some guys. But I guess to be to be kind of rude or brash about it, deal with it. Right, suck it up, Buttercup. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. It just, I mean, the Blues just looked like they owned that entire game. I mean, it just didn't look like there were very many parts of well, that where Minnesota took over. Primarily, Donnie, because they walked in and beach attire. Loved it. Oh my God! Did you see that? Oh, yeah, 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 of course I did. I was yeah. like, where have you yes, been? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes, and, and I want to ask about that about that as well, because I was watching the presser with uh, Craig Berube after the game, and he had said that a couple of the guys came up to him and Doug and said that they wanted to do something, but that was as much as Berube knew. So I'm, I'm kind of well, curious. Well, there were two concepts that they had decided to go with. Okay, and talk about that, but also talk about them going to the GM and the coach, too, to just say, hey, is this cool we, that we do yeah. that? Is, is that kind of yeah. what that is? Well, you have to, right? Because protocol uh, is usually shirt and tie. Some teams will be a little relaxed and say, as long as you have a really nice collared shirt or something fashionable with the jacket and the slacks, like look like you're a professional and you belong here. Now, in special occasions, it's gone back a few. Like the Boston Bruins did the '80s. They came in with the you know, the fanny packs, the parachute jackets, and the you know the tie dye jeans or not the tie the, the bleach acid wash mm-hmm. jeans. Did a funny like '80s theme. And teams have kind of went with that a little bit. Some of them go with the old fedoras and whatnot. So I guess the leadership group for the Blues went to Army and and Chief and said, hey, we'd like to do something as a team that is not going to be shirt and tie. You know, we're not sure exactly what yet, but, you know, we're thinking about doing something there. And obviously, uh, I don't know for sure, but I'm guessing Chief and Army said, you're doing it as a team. We uh, you have our blessing. And so the original plan, and Jordan Bennington said post-game, he had ordered like 30 lumberjack shirts or jackets, you know. And he's like, then we changed our minds, so there's larges and extra larges available. (laughs) If you need a message, (laughs) Jordan. (laughs) But then I don't know who, I think it was Ryan O'Reilly that came up with the idea along probably with David Perron of it's minus like eight or nine outside right now. How funny would it be? 
for us to show up like this is just a day at the beach for us. And that's what they did. did Guys you, walking in with no shirt. The How about Scandella walking in with just his swim sh- shorts on, flip-flops, and a cooler? Like he brought that. his little cooler Loved to the beach. The cooler. That was fantastic. <laughs> and you could see it on a handful of them that it was cold, obviously, because have you ever walked out just to take the trash out just real quick? Throw a coat on. It's nine degrees. No, I'm just oh, going out it. there real quick. Oh, yeah. And then whatever you're wearing is cold against your skin, but you don't really want to show it. You're just. Right. <laughs> I, I had maybe a couple, two, three of them were doing that. But man, what a great team bonding thing. And what they said on the NHL network, I think it was afterwards, was you can't do that and lose. No, you can't. Yeah. That's some serious swagger there. And what I loved is post game. You know, all the guys together, they took that awesome picture. They all got Bud Lights or Coors Lights. I'm sorry, guys, whether you agree with this or not, and I'm going to say this, you don't have to drink to be an athlete. You don't have to drink to have fun. Trust me, I'm with you. But a team that drinks together wins together. I'm telling you that right now. And even if it's just a beer, you don't have to go get blind drunk, okay? But they sit there, and they all had a celebratory celebratory, you got got uh, beer of some kind. And... I'm sorry, it says a lot. It reminds me an awful lot of the 2019 team who, you know, they, they're well known to enjoy uh, cold beverages post-game, and they did it all season long, all through the playoffs, and they ended up with some big silver shiny cup down Market Street. It worked out. Okay, so if you are uh, a member of the Avs or you're a member of the, the Golden Knights and you see the Blues doing that, coupled with... Um, our buddy Jordan Bennington, uh, you know, his theatrics from time to time. Does that kind of thing, if you're on the other team, make you dislike the Blues even more? Or do you just go, oh, that's the dudes having a good time. I wish we would have thought of that. I bet it's choice, too, because you know so many of them because you've played with them before. Uh, yeah. Uh, I always hated everybody I played against. <laughs> <Right>? and, <laughs> so, uh, you know, while well, we played anyways, and even some of my best friends, they uh, took runs at him and tried to put him into the infirmary, you know? But it was all with with love. Right, sure, um, <laughs> sure. So I hate everybody equally. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, you know what? I think if I'm a team outsider looking in, I'm looking at it going, okay, like if I'm a leadership guy, like if I'm Alex Petrangelo in Vegas or if I'm Nathan McKinnon in Colorado, those are the two teams we use examples, I'm wondering how do we get our group to that? Because I either see it right now in this locker room to where we're like that or we're still a few steps away how do we get our group to resemble that? Now, you don't want to go copycatting because then it's fake. It's not It's not real, right? So you have to develop your own chemistry. But how do you do it? And that's always the biggest question every year is what team can come together to be the closest, tightest group of players and then go on to success? Because the teams that, even though they might have the most talent, you throw all that talent into the pot, doesn't necessarily win hockey games. Right, right. I, I'm in a real – I don't think that this is a great stage in my Blues fandom because right now I'm blinded by how much I like this team so much <laughs> that I honestly I, – when I see them not being considered as one of the best teams in the league, I automatically get pissed off and think somebody's not doing their job right. And I know that's not the case. So, so Jamie, you know, as we're looking at this thing – We've talked about the forward depth. We see it. It's tremendous. The defense is still something that we feel like has been a work in progress, but we haven't talked in a couple of weeks. Jamie, what do you, you know, what do you think as, as you see the continued evolution of the Blues defense and a part two to that, do you still see a move being made by the end of the year? Wow. Uh, I'll start with part two okay. of that. I think that 
if Doug Armstrong feels like this team has a legitimate chance to make that cup run, I do see a deal being made okay. to solidify the decor, whether it is going out and acquiring a Mark Giordano, maybe from Seattle, who's a veteran left-handed shot defenseman, can play in your top four, can play the power play, can play in your bottom six, whatever it is, right? Or it's a guy like Ben Sherratt from Montreal who comes in and can play in your top four. Or if Doug Armstrong decides, I have enough assets in young guys and draft picks to where I can go for Jacob Chikrin in Arizona. Army will make that deal if it's right. Otherwise, guys, I'm looking at a forward group that is the deepest in the NHL. It is the deepest in the NHL, bar none. When you look at guys like Dakota Joshua and James Neal, who just recently cleared waivers, you look at those guys that are sitting in the wings that aren't even on your roster. Imagine how deep your team is. Yeah. Logan Brown has come out of nowhere for the St. Louis Blues. He solidified himself now as a St. Louis Blue for the rest of the year and years to come, in my opinion. Then you look at the Tarasenko Thomas Kyrou line. Now, Braden Shen's back in the lineup. So now you have Barbashev, Shen, Sunquist, O'Reilly, Perron. Like, where do we stop here, guys? We are going to be a freaking nightmare, yeah. and I love it. But one thing you look <laughs> sorry, at, too. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, it's I'm great. Sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> but one thing I'm noticing, and we said this at the start of the season, is maybe you just have to outkick your opponent. And what I mean by that is, yeah, they gave up four goals to the Wild, but they put up six. Right. So maybe the, the days. That's your math, right? Maybe, yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah. Maybe the days of winning a game two to one with that lockdown defensive core of Petrangelo, Bowmeister, Pareko. Yeah, maybe those days are gone. But maybe you win four to two, five to three, six to four, seven, five. Like, who cares? A win's a win. And so I think this team has the ability to put up those kind of numbers. And if they continue to grow defensively and limit the opposition, th- those gaps could get larger to where it's a 7-2, to 6-1 to one game. I might need to take a minute. Well, I clearly. Do you need to clean up a little I'm, bit? I'm, I'm, I might need to take a minute. Well, just, <laughs> we'll just not look. Whatever you need to do. But I think oh, Jeff. What, what Donnie, you, you know were you saying earlier was... This is the first that they've been healthy, right? I mean, I mean, I feel like there might have been one other game this year that I read. The Detroit game, but then I think that was the game where Braden Shen left the game early. So they had a very brief moment of actual lineup that they were supposed to have, and then it was taken away from them. So this coming up against Pittsburgh next game will be the first time they have their entire lineup. So what happened? Can you, can you give me some forward pairings? Uh, no, it's too early for that. Okay. I think we'll see, you know, where Chief decides to plug in Braden Shen because as of right now, he's kind of a fourth line player. And I don't mean that with disrespect. No, <laughs> I know what you mean. <laughs> All I mean it's is the embarrassment of riches of the forward. Yeah, yeah. Ivan Barbashev, you taking that guy and, and putting him on the fourth? No, he scored again. Mm-hmm. He just keeps scoring. Dude, I'm the president of the fan club and I'll fight you guys for it. Robert Thomas, you're not touching that. Ryan O'Reilly, you're not touching that. So where does Braden Shen fit in? He fits in as your fourth-line center. And whether that's with uh, Logan Brown and Oscar Sundquist, whether it's Tyler Bozak, like, I don't know, guys. It, 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 it's going to be fun to see what they do in practice here because I, I don't know how they're going to m- mix and match all this. It's going to be a, a really fun game for Greg Berube, but a really painful one at the same time. Well, you get maybe this is the... Uh... Uh, Alexander Steen of a couple of years ago. Maybe he drops down to that fourth line and just does what he needs to do. Yeah, but I could see him getting power play time too, right? So uh, much like Steener got penalty kill time to where he was still in the 14 to 15-minute range for ice time per game, I could see Shanner kind of doing the same thing where he plays regular shift. He does play penalty kill too, 
and get some power play time, he could still end up in that 15 to 16 minute range each game. So people who are uh, uh, thinking like me, what you're saying is if you just stick Shen on the fourth line, he doesn't have the minutes that he needs. So he's going to be on the power play. He's going to have to be yeah. some, you're going to have to get extra minutes somewhere. Now they may not be right away. Like Craig Bruby was very honest and said, I didn't think he was ready in that cold game the other day. And with his particular injury, whatever that may be, no injuries great in the freezing cold like that. So right. whatever it is, so maybe he might ease him back in the lineup. Maybe he gives him fourth-line minutes. Maybe he plays 9, 10, 11 minutes for a couple of games and kind of sees how everything plays out. Maybe he takes him and plugs him on the left wing with O'Reilly and Perron and then finds another matchup somewhere. I'm not sure. This is going to be a crazy game of shuffling guys around to see what happens. One thing I know for sure, at least in my own brain, is that the Thomas, Tarasenko, Kairou line will not be touched and O'Reilly and Perron will always be together. Man, oh man. <laughs> Last Minute Blues Podcast, excuse me, brought to you by Together Credit Union, empowering you to achieve your financial goals. Gentlemen, we've got a couple of emails from, uh, from Wait, listeners what? of I the like Last that. Minute Blues All Podcast. Right, I like it. And this one came, I, uh, this one came on uh, Sunday after the, uh, after the Winter Classic. So glad the boys are looking like a strong family team like they did when they won the Cup. Point in my email, though, is to see if Jamie was ever offered a spot in the Danbury Thrashers. Our Trashers. If not, uh, would, uh, would you have taken the opportunity just watching the Untold documentary on Netflix and thought of you three? Love you all. Thanks for the podcast. And that's from Max. And just to, just to, to, on Netflix, there is a documentary about a guy in Danbury, Connecticut, that I guess was involved in some shady activities. Not, I guess, convicted of being involved of being a mob boss. Bought his son a hockey team. Yeah, his 17-year-old son. Who was team. an absolute knucklehead, mm-hmm. and knucklehead stuff ensued big time. That seems like that would be nothing that you would ever want to be involved with. Uh, no, but they did call. They did call. They went through their Rolodex. That was a lockout year. And guys are just sitting at home. And all sorts of teams called from every league saying, hey, we can offer you, you know. Uh, and at the time, the UHL, the United Hockey League, the River Otters, you know. There was teams, including the River Otters, we can pay you, you know, 900000 bucks a week. You right. know, and you're like, oh, all right. I don't know if it's worth the injury risk because those leagues were full of uh, tough individuals who didn't really care right. and maybe didn't have a hockey future, so their prized possession would be maybe walking around with your front teeth on the end of their stick. Especially if you're an NHL player, yeah. yeah it's right. a nice little medal uh, or trophy for them, but Danbury did call. They offered a lot of money, too. That's, I mean, because the dude Cash. had deep pockets. you got to watch this documentary. Okay. They, offered, yeah. they offered a lot of money. Like, we're talking per week, m- almost like NHL style. Wow. And uh, I had to turn it down just because my agent was like, dude, this is not what you want. This is not what you want. You know, if anything, you go play in the American Hockey League where guys are still trying to make their mark and it's a legit league to yeah. where guys are not out there just trying to run each other's head through the boards. And so that's what I did. I ended up signing a contract with the Hershey Bears, an independent team at the time. Doug Yingst was the general manager there. I had a fantastic time at Hershey, Pennsylvania. Love the people there. Love Shakey's. There's a little bar in town called Shakey's. It's amazing. Had a lot of fun there. But, yes, the Danbury Trashers did call. They offered me a contract. I thought about it for about five or six days <laughs> and then opted not to do it. All right. Uh, this one coming from uh, Gianne. And uh, she always asks unbelievable questions. So, <clears throat> 
strap in here, boys. You're gonna need uh, you're gonna need your thinking caps for this one. Jeff, to the last minute me. Blues podcast team, <laughs> I was wondering your thoughts on the NHL expanding the regular season by two games, i.e., 84 games. This would allow each division teams to play each other four times a season: two home games, two away games. This would equal 28 games. Uh, then say the Central Division would play the Pacific Division, 24 games in total, two games at home, one on the road, flipping it to one at home, two away the following season. The same would apply to the Eastern Conference. The Western Conference and Eastern Conference would play each team in the other conference, two games, one at home, one away. That would equal 32 games. Total number of games would be 84. Thank you for your time. Keep up the good work. I enjoy your show. That's from Gian Fike. And honestly, after reading this, I'm kind of surprised they don't already. Is that is that just to? I mean, what's her reason for that? Just I to have more division play? I, it, that's what right? I'm gathering from two this. Home, yes, two away. Okay. because you're playing you're playing every team in your conference two at home, two away, and then also making sure that you're playing the other conference home and away as well. Twenty eight hmm. games, central division. Carry the one. Right. Yeah, I'm not good at math. Um. I mean, it's a great idea. I, I don't see the two games. You look at it in the grand scheme of things, like oh, it's just two more games. But you'd have to pay the players for those two games. Yeah. So you'd have to increase their salary because guys are paid by the game that happens, and so it would be you know prorated or how would not prorated, but you would have to expand your like your salary cap would be a lot have to be bumped up mm-hmm. because the owners obviously would reap the benefits of two more home games. Uh, whether it's you know your home and one away, the owners still pool their money, right? So therefore, you'd have to match that by the players being paid. I don't know all the the fine print that would have to be gone through. I don't know if it's all that important to be honest. I think most people by the time it gets to eighty games, eighty one, eighty two, are ready for the playoffs. Yeah, we're yeah, ready yeah. To go. Yeah. So why not just you know, in the words of uh, some famous people, pitter patter, let's get at her, let's get the playoffs going. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know what I'm saying? Sure. I don't, I don't, I don't dislike the idea. Yeah, yeah. I, I love the email. I'm just looking at it from a standpoint with two more league games. It's kind of like, yeah, yeah. I, I tell you what, if there's anything that the NHL can do schedule wise, it is to do more of those home and homes like they did yeah, last yeah. year or the the, the 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 series with the team. I liked that, and I think I, that would be fun for your like your geographic rivals. So like if Nashville, one year, one year maybe Nashville doesn't get a game against the Blues at home. Okay, or not maybe not Nashville, but Chicago or whatever it is. But you end up playing two games in St. Louis against Nashville, and then maybe later on in the season you play two games in Nashville, like a Friday, Sunday, Thursday, Saturday, to where you build up this, you know, because your fan base can travel. Yeah. So then the cities and the 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 teams that have those games would benefit from the revenue because the hotels around that. Like imagine going and saying, "Hey, you're taking your son." You're like, "Hey, guess what?" We're going to Nashville for the weekend. We're gonna take. I'm gonna take off work on Thursday. We're gonna drive on Thursday morning. We're gonna watch the Blues and the Preds on Thursday. We're gonna watch the Blues and the Preds on Saturday afternoon. We'll be home Saturday evening. You're gonna stay in a hotel. You're gonna eat. You're gonna drink. You're gonna do all these things. You're gonna buy things at the re- like. It's amazing. Yeah, man. yeah. I'm I, pour- I would love that. I'm pouring my son in the trunk of my car for the drive home for that one. I think. Most yeah. likely. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he just he just turned 21. So I think. Smashville, Nashville would be like like Benjamin would take that as like yeah. a, a challenge. That would be putting <laughs> yeah. in the deep water right away. Did you guys know anybody that was at the uh, at the Winter Classic? Yeah, a couple people. I knew I knew two people, well, actually, but I didn't know they true. were there until I knew afterwards. a lot of people that were at the Winter well, Classic. Okay, <laughs> all right. I mean, I, I had to stop and think. I'm like, what an idiot! I knew like a whole bunch of people. 
Don't you know, like, all the guys on the Pretty team? Pretty much. The and, team, the coaching uh, staff, the management, the ownership. Yeah, so. I saw I saw one post from a, from a listener of the radio station that said, bad idea and her eyelashes were frozen. Yeah. Or something to that. Did you see that <laughs> yeah, post? Yeah, I sure did. Like they were frozen, closed or something? No way. I, I just kept thinking to myself, I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't do that. And then I was like, oh, yeah, I would. Oh, I would 100% do that. The only problem with it, I guess, was... It's going to be an amazing experience. Yeah. <laughs> I said that one of the problems, uh, I guess, was that the beer was freezing. Mm-hmm. Oh, so you I had saw to a drink your beer can. so fast. Imagine how cold it was, and then you don't have a beer. And then, like, so people are like, uh... at what point is is it freezing on your lip, like in the movie? Right. Uh, well, right? they give you a plastic cup. Jeff. Uh, yeah, I saw some. Cans. They don't give the metal cans out oh. anymore. Thank God. That's why I don't go anymore. <laughs> don't put Bunch your tongue babies. on the railing, son. All right. Well, gentlemen, uh, I believe that this will be a, uh, a successful return for the Last Minute Blues podcast. Yeah, can I? Um, I think we can all agree on that. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. All right. Yeah. Blues back in action tomorrow night. Take on the Pittsburgh Penguins. As always, we'd love for you to share this podcast with your hockey loving friends. Last Minute Blues podcast. Jeff Burton, Jamie Rivers, Donnie Fandango. As always, let's go Blues. The Last Minute Blues podcast. Hear more at 1057thepoint.com. Powered by Together Credit Union. Empowering you to achieve your financial goals. Hey, Nissan, how do you get to the top? Calculating. Proceed to 1959. Take a hard left in East Africa at the 71 Safari Rally. Veer right for 19 off-road championships in the Baja Desert. Proceed towards Moab. Take the trail to Hell's Revenge. Include steep incline. Continue for the next million miles. Um, where to first again? 60 years, millions of miles, and the capability to take you anywhere. This is the new Nissan. Peloton, let's go! This holiday, with the right music and the right motivation from world-class instructors. We're going to pick it up a notch. It's the holiday season. You might just surprise yourself with what you're capable of. Work out to thousands of live and on-demand classes, from running to cycling to yoga. Try Peloton risk-free with a 30-day home trial. New members only, not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.com slash home dash trial. Peloton, motivation that moves you.